Hello and welcome to the Veterinary Secrets Podcast. My name is Dr. Andrew Jones, and this is episode 33. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss how Caesar Milan, the self-professed dog whisperer, is under investigation for possible animal cruelty, how you can care for your sick dog or cat at home, then lastly discuss 22 human medicines that can be safely used for pets. Now Veterinary Secrets is on iTunes, you can go to iTunes and search for Veterinary Secrets, we're also on Stitcher. You can download the Stitcher app and once again search for Veterinary Secrets. I would definitely appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can do so on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, Lastly, I want you to learn what thousands of others have about healing their dogs and cats at home with my free ebook and three free videos. You can get those at veterinarysecrets.com forward slash news. Now let's get right into today's podcast. Caesar Milan, the self-professed dog whisperer, is now under investigation for possible animal cruelty. Can Caesar Milan get Simon, a pig-killing dog, under control? That's the tease to a February 26th episode of Caesar 911. It's a show featuring famed dog trainer Caesar Milan and the supposedly wayward dog he aims to set straight. Well, the short answer to that question is no. The long, painful answer? No, he really, really can't and it took a bloodbath to prove it. A clip posted to YouTube last week shows a dog named Simon being dropped off at Milan's Dog Psychology Center, DPC in California. Simon has already killed two pet pigs. Milan thinks he can curb the dog's penchant for harming them by letting them hang around more pigs. I'm going to use the fact that this is a new environment for Sandy to my advantage, Milan tells the audience, and tackle this deadly problem. If I can give him a positive memory with them, it'll be great foundation that will translate into better behavior with all animals, he says. For their part, the pigs are just lying around in the sun, bathing blissfully, unaware of the so-called pig slayer in their midst. Now let's take the leash off, says Milan. Immediately, Simon lunges at one of the pigs, biting off a chunk of his ear. Milan dives and rolls on the ground, trying to tackle the frenzied dog. Another crew member snatches a pig by the leg, trying to drag him from the mouth of the madness. The air is filled with squeals of terror. Again and again, Simon charges at the pigs, biting and tearing at the cowering animals. The owner is in tears. Pigs are bleeding and wounded. Milan? He says, I got it, I got it. The clip itself has raised a storm of controversy on social media, along with the petition to get Milan off the air permanently. Jim Crosby, an outspoken animal behaviorist who has trained hundreds of dogs, thinks Milan may have even committed a crime under Section 597 of California's Criminal Code. Even if we let the first engagement slide as an accident, he writes on Facebook, this documents several felony counts occurring in California at the Dog Psychology Center, as directed and permitted by the trainer. It may also qualify as baiting under the various state and federal dog and animal fighting statutes. And there's another video that was posted on YouTube on Monday. Crosby is hardly the only dog trainer outraged by Milan's antics. And I'll put a link to that video after this podcast. Despite legions of fans, Milan is no stranger to controversy. His approach to training has often been criticized for its focus on deterring behavior through negative reinforcement. In a 2012 episode, Milan came under harsh rebuke after a misbehaving dog hanging by his neck during training. 
As in that incident, Milan is not facing charges from the Pig Slayer quote-unquote episode, nor is he facing any official sanctions. He has not released a statement addressing the controversy. What are my suggestions to the owner? Obviously, keep him away from pigs. The email address for the film unit at the Animal American Humane Association of Film and TV Production is filmunit, that's all one word, lowercase, at americanhumane.org. David Leapson, the producer of Caesar 911, can be emailed at david at leapsonbounds.com. And I'll put all those links under the post when I post up the podcast. Uh, the petition, the petition to ban Caesar Milan from all television for animal abuse, and that's found on change.org. So you can just search Caesar Milan petition. I'll put that link up, as well as a link to the video link of other concerned dog trainers about Caesar Milan. Let's get into the second part of today's podcast, how to care for a sick animal. So if your pet gets sick, there are several reasons why you should be caring for him or her at home. Your home is comfortable for your pet and free of the stress and anxiety of being in a veterinary clinic. Barking dogs, strange people, and unusual smells are not conducive to healing. You can provide superior nursing care to what is offered in many veterinary clinics. You know, they're busy places, and your veterinarian can only spend so much time with your dog or cat. You can offer a range of treatments not usually available at a veterinarian. You can give natural and alternate forms of treatment, which you're going to learn about as part of this podcast. Often you're going to save money. In most cases, this can mean hundreds of dollars. And perhaps most importantly, you can avoid some of the serious side effects of many of the traditional medications. You and your pet both win. You will heal your pet at home, and in doing so, you're going to greatly increase the bond you have with your dog or cat. Um, So here are some specific suggestions. First of all, nursing care. You need to be providing comfortable bedding. Every sick pet needs to be comfortable. Ensure that big dogs have lots of padding, especially if they have difficulty moving. A quieter environment, but not too quiet. All sick pets need a quiet area. Place their bed out of the main traffic area, but not so far away that they're isolated. They need regular contact. Keep the area clean. Your pet may have difficulty getting up and going to the bathroom, and he or she may soil themselves. Change the blankets or towels frequently. Eating. Eating problems. Most sick pets will not eat for 24 hours, and that should not be a concern. But if your pet is still not eaten after 24 hours, this is a serious cause for concern, especially in cats. There are many simple things that you can do to stimulate your pet's appetite. First of all, hand feeding. The simple act of feeding with your hand. Often this works, and often that's what I found in practice. Warming the food up. When the food is warmer, it's much more appetizing, and it's easier for your dog or cat to smell it. If it smells good, often then they're going to eat it. Pet your pet. Just the simple act of stroking or petting your pet will stimulate positive feelings in your pet and often cause them to start eating. If your pet has gone for more than 48 hours without eating, then he he or she may need to be force-fed. And there's a few different options. You can pick up a high-calorie liquid nutrition diet, such as Hill's Prescription AD, or Yukonuba Maximum Calorie. You can also make your own high-calorie food. And I'm going to give you a sample diet below. It's called a Home Pet Nutrition Booster. It would include a half a cup of cooked turkey or chicken, a quarter cup of whole milk, a quarter cup of rice, 400 milligrams of calcium, a vitamin, a one-a-day multivitamin, and one tablespoon of flax oil. Mix this well in a blender or food processor. You want to feed a half to one cup per day to small pet and increase proportionally. In some cases, you're going to need to syringe feed, giving frequent 
small amounts. Drinking or dehydration. It's of utmost important that your pet does not become dehydrated. The first thing is testing to see if they're dehydrated or not. The first test for dehydration is called tenting the skin or the skin tent test. What you're doing here is pinching the skin between your pet's shoulder blades and seeing how quickly it springs back. It should go back in less than five seconds. If the skin tent is prolonged, then your dog or cat is dehydrated. The eyes. Your pet's eyes will be sunken in their head when they're dehydrated. Specifically, the eyes recede into the eye socket or the globe, and this is often seen with dehydrated cats. Capillary refill. Your pet's gums are the be one of the be better indicators of dehydration. Lift your pet's lips to expose the gums, the pink tissue above the teeth. Place your index finger on the gums and press your finger flat to the gum. This temporarily squeezes blood in that spot out of the small blood vessels. They're known as capillaries. When you lift your finger, the blood should return in less than two seconds. The response will be delayed in a dehydrated pet. Gum moisture. The gums often feel dry and tacky in a dehydrated pet. When you pull your index finger away from the gums, it should feel wet and easily slide away. In a dehydrated pet, your finger will stick to the gums. So what are some possible solutions? First of all, um, we can look at adding in some ice cubes. Some dogs will readily lick ice cubes when they're dehydrated, even if they're reluctant to drink water. Float the ice in their water bowl, squirt it in. Pets that are more severely dehydrated will benefit from additional electrolytes. Pedialyte is an oral electrolyte rehydration supplement for children. Uh, you can use a needleless syringe, so just a big syringe, a 60 ml syringe, or a turkey baster, and those both work well. Insert the tip into the center of your pet's mouth, tilt his or her head back, hold his mouth closed, and squirt in the fluid. A safer rule of thumb is to give 30 ml, that's approximately 2 tablespoons, per 10 pounds of body weight every hour. And the last option for rehydration at home is learning how to give sub-Q or subcutaneous fluids. Unfortunately in that, I have a specific, specific video on YouTube, and I'll put a link to that under the podcast so you can watch how to do it properly. Bathing and cleaning. You don't want to subject a very ill pet to unnecessary baths, but when they become foul with vomit or diarrhea, they're going to feel much better after a bath. I would advise using a mild oatmeal-based shampoo, drying well with a towel to ensure that he or she does not get cold, and a blow dryer. Cleaning. Many diseases will cause discharge from various body openings. The nose. Keep the nose clear of plugs or secretions. Compress the end of the nose with a warm cloth to loosen up the secretions before you try to wipe them away. It helps to keep the secretions off off by covering the end of the nose with Vaseline. The eyes. Crusts and secretions often form in the corner of the eyes. Once again, just apply a warm cloth compress to loosen the secretions, making them easier to remove. Often this is secondary to eye infections, and you may find the best result using infusions of eyebright. The ears. These are often infected as well, less com in dogs, less commonly in cats. The easiest way to keep the debris building up to clean the ears at least once a week. One way is a homemade vinegar solution, instilling it directly into the ear canal. If the ears are very inflamed, you want to use something soothing. So if they're really red and raw, don't put in the vinegar. Use something very soothing, you know, such as calendula and aloe, or just something soothing such as olive oil. Just massaging the, the, the ear canal well, loosening any type of debris, then putting in a swab or a cotton ball, and pulling that excess out. Now let's get into the last section of today's podcast, 22 human medicines that work for pets. First, my big point here, if you're going to give human medic medications that are for your dogs or cat, if your dog or cat is on other veterinary medications, you need to be talking to your veterinarian first. And in general, it's a good idea to do so. So I'm just going to give you a pretty good brief list with some specific doses and ones I think that can be helpful for you and you should be aware of. First, Anbasol. 
I mean, it's a topical anesthetic for mouth pain. For dogs, just dab on liquid two to three times per day. For cats, you just want to use it as one time only. Aveeno oatmeal shampoo. I mean, oatmeal shampoo is great, and clearly all the all the shampoos are very, very safe. But this one in particular is quite well suited for our pets. It's great to cool down itchy, inflamed skin. It's something when they have an acute outbreak, an allergic outbreak, and you can be doing this daily if you need to, and you can follow that up with some type of oatmeal conditioner as well. Some of the antihistamines, Benadryl is the most common one um, that we're giving for dogs. And this would be, once again, we're dealing with a dog that's got an acute allergic reaction, such as hives. Maybe it's an ongoing allergy, itching and scratching, and he's got a flare-up. The dose is up to one milligram per pound every eight hours to treat allergies, itching, etc. And it can be used as a mild tranquilizer when the dose is reduced. For cats, the the antihistamine that I prefer is clotripolon. The the actual drug is called chlorpheniramine. And the cat dose is two milligrams. So 2 milligrams per 10 pounds of body weight, and that's given every 8 to 12 hours, somewhere between 3 to 5 days. A couple of different antiseptics, betadine skin cleanser, What? that's another option. The one I really like is called Hibitane. The actual name of the, the cleanser is called Chlorhexidine. It's great. as a, We use it as surgery, as a surgical scrub. So you get it as sort of an orange soap. You also can get it as just a flush. It's a great one to have on hand. That's Chlorhexidine. Dulocalac, this can be used for constipated pets. The dog dose is 5 milligrams for 20 pounds once daily. The cat dose is 5 milligrams once daily. Epsom salts, maybe you've used them yourselves. They also work really well as an antiseptic soap for our dogs and our cats. You're, you're loading it up with one cup or two gallons of water. Gravel, the actual drug in gravel is called Dramamine. Um, the dose is up to 50 milligrams every 8 hours to reduce motion sickness. And the cat dose, the feline dose, is up to 10 milligrams every 8 hours. Um, and it's been used quite commonly and I, for the most part, found it actually helped many of our clients' pets. Hydrogen peroxide, sort of one I think all of you should have on hand, in particular to induce vomiting in dogs or cats after they consume something, a non-caustic poison. That what you're doing is using the 3% peroxide, then you're dosing it at one teaspoon, that's five mils per 10 pounds every 10, and we're going to do for a maximum of three times. And you're you're waiting 10 minutes. So if they vomit, so give it immediately. If they vomit, great. If they don't, repeat it in 10 minutes and most in the most three times. Imodium AD. So this is a specific antidiarrheal. Um, the big point is we're looking at a dose of one caplet per 30 pounds every eight hours. You just don't want to be giving it to any dogs that are collies or collie cross dogs. So if you're not sure, don't give it. Ipecac syrup for dogs only to induce vomiting after a non-caustic poisoning. The dose is one teaspoon per 20 pounds, maximum three teaspoons. Kaopectate. This is specifically for diarrhea. The dose is one mil per pound every two hours for diarrhea. The cat dose is the same as the, as the dog dose. Lanocaine, it's a topical anesthetic, primarily, but just for dogs only. You can apply it directly to a painful area. Mineral oil, up to four tablespoons daily to eliminate constipation. The cat, the feline dose is up to two teaspoons daily. Metamucil, also useful for constipation. For dogs, the dose is one teaspoon per 10 pounds per day. For cats, it's a half to one teaspoon per day. Mylanta, for dogs only. It's an antacid for stomach upset. The dose is one tablespoon per 10 pounds twice daily. A couple different options for pain relief. First, for dogs, you could use regular aspirin, and that's the non-coated aspirin. The dose is 325 milligrams per 40 pounds of body weight every 12 hours for pain relief. It's also an anti-inflammatory. You never want to use that for cats. A safer pain relief for dogs and cats is Arnica. 
when I'm looking at a dose, I'm giving one 30C capsule, pretend it's 20 pounds of body weight, and that can be given every one to two hours in, a, in an acute injury or acute crisis. Also, topical arnica, there's a product called Tromio, which I've had some really good results with, and that can be used safely on dogs and cats. The big point if you're going to apply the topical things is you need to be putting it somewhere where the fur isn't, so in the inside of your dog or cat's legs and actually penetrate into the skin. Let's see, Pedia Pepto-Bismol for dogs only, the dose is one teaspoon per five pounds every six hours for relief of vomiting, stomach gas, or diarrhea. Pedialyte, so this is specific, we just talked about this earlier, but you're mixing it 50-50 with water and offering as much as your pet will take when dehydrated. Pepsid AC, the actual drug is called Fomodidine. It's a great antacid, um, safe for dogs and cats, and it's also over the counter. The dog and cat dose is five milligrams per 10 pounds twice daily. It's something that we use. One, these guys are vomiting, you want to give them something that's really irritated stomach. So Pepsid is the option. And the other issue, we have these really nauseous cats. They don't want to eat because they have kidney disease. And often we found that they responded well to this to Pepsid or Fomodidine. Um, so that's another good drug for you to have on hand. Preparation H um, is a couple different uses for it. Obviously, it's used for people for hemorrhoids because it helps to first numb the irritated tissue and also secondary shrink it. It affects, it'll sort of shrink those blood vessels that are present. But I've also used it for wound healing. And specifically, I had a dog who was dragged behind a vehicle, not intentionally. He just was in the back of a, of, a, of a truck. The rope was a little bit too long and he bounced out and he was pulled behind this vehicle. And all of his pads were shorn off. He, he stayed upright, but he got so much relief and it. it just did such a great job helping to heal his raw, his raw pads. And that was preparation H. Um, last one I've got listed here is Robitussin. It's a cough suppressant. can be used for dogs and cats. The dose is 10 milligrams per 10 pounds three times daily. But I would actually discourage you from using Robitussin now. I'd actually point you towards honey, which is safe for all of, our, all of us, all of our dogs, all of our cats. When you are going to use honey as a cough suppressant, it's preferable to have the unpasteurized local dark honey is ideal. But any honey can work. And you're looking at a dose of about one teaspoon per 10 pounds of body weight. And that's given two to three times a day. So you just want to put that in. You want to dilute it in a little bit of warm water. And then you can draw that up into syringe and squirt that into the back of your dog or your cat's throat. I found it has been working so, so well. Um, as just a natural cough suppression and much better than the over over the counter ones. Well, that comes to the end of today's podcast. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Venner Secrets. Questions or comments, you can email me at podcast at venerysecrets.com. You can leave a comment after this podcast on my blog at venerysecrets.com forward slash blog. And lastly, I want you, if you want to learn how to start healing your dogs and cats at home, you can get my free book and three free videos, and that's at veterinarysecrets.com forward slash news. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week. This is Dr. Andrew Jones.